This is Viterbi Voices, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more. Directly from our students, faculty, and other members of our engineering community. All right here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Hi, everyone, and welcome back into Viterbi Voices. My name is Paul Ledesma, Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And my name is Audrey Roberts. I'm a senior studying mechanical engineering here at USC. And who is who, who's that? Who, who's that long-haired, moppy-haired individual over here? Hey, everyone. I'm Steven. Uh, I'm a junior studying mechanical engineering. No one can see you, Stephen, uh, uh, and I, I, I really wish they could, because when's the last time you got a haircut? Uh, like <laughs> February 2020. February 2020. And how long are you going for? Because right now you've got hair down almost to the, basically to your shoulder. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of wait. I want to see it like at full shoulder length when it actually touches my shoulder. So I, I think that's, that's the next step right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Uh, I would love to do that, but I feel like it would, I would get really annoyed at it. Are you ever annoyed at your hair like that? Oh, yeah, because it's just like, you know, when you have short hair, it like looks good most of the time and you can put a little bit of effort and it looks good. Like now it's like, uh, like if I don't spend like 20 minutes, I feel like it looks bad. So it's a lot more work. <laughs> Such such is life, such is life. Well, Stephen, in addition to uh, just that glorious mop of hair, uh, you also bring us a glorious, fun episode. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so um, this episode was all about the dining experience at USC and LA. And it, it starts out, we talk about the dining halls and that experience as a freshman. And then we move on to learn more about all the dining options around USC and LA as a, a city. And then uh, we move on to kind of like the experience that we've all had uh, cooking on our own uh, once we left town. Cooking awesome. is what I hear is going to be the best part of this episode. Uh, <laughs> that's what I've been told so far. Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, I think so. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed cooking and I, I brought two friends on that also enjoy it. So there's a, a lot of fun stuff that we talk about. Yeah, and I have to say, so one of the sort of impetus for um, this episode was whenever we have our podcast meeting on Monday night, Stephen is always cooking and it's because he and his roommates kind of rotate around who cooks dinner and it always looks amazing. So that sounds good. Stephen, what is your go-to dish? <laughs> what do you like to cook? What do you, what are you going to cook if you impress somebody? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of mentioned this a little in the episode, but my go-to is chicken marsala with risotto. And that's kind of, uh, that's my i've really wow. mastered that recipe now <laughs> wow chicken marsala all right well let, without further ado and i'm hungry because i haven't eaten yet today uh let's get into the food episode hey everyone uh so today we're here and we're going to be talking about everything food related to, around usc and in usc uh today i'm here with max and matt they're two of my friends and they're both food fanatics why, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves Hi guys, I'm Matthew. I'm a junior studying biomedical engineering and I'm from Kansas City. And uh, I'm Max. I'm also a junior studying biomedical engineering, but I'm from the better city of Los Angeles. 
All righty. Uh, great to have you guys on the podcast. And what I wanted to start out with is just as an incoming freshman student, what is the dining hall experience like? What are the meal plan like? Are there different options uh, just, just in general? You want to go ahead? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So I think there's three types of meal plans. There's the basic one where you get all of the, like you can just get access to all the dining halls and unlimited swipes with some guest passes, which are always nice to bring your family, friends, uh, people outside of school in. Um, then there's the middle tier, which gives you some dining dollars. Um, I think it's 500. Yeah, di- 500 dining dollars. Used at like the campus center with for places like CPK, Panda Express. Um, and those are super nice places for like in between classes. I know that in between classes doesn't really exist nowadays, but um, when you're IRL, you gotta sometimes go from class to class in, in an hour, 20 minutes, and having that place in the middle of campus can be really nice sometimes. Um, I think the last one is like it converts basically like all of your money i guess to dining dollars so you can like pay for the dining hall and pay for panda and cpk and stuff like that um i don't really know a lot of people that got that last one i think it's a little overpriced in my opinion um but i think that middle one definitely has some uh perks to it if you're going to be buying like restaurant food on campus a lot I used that one and definitely the thing I ended up spending the most dining dollars on was, uh, you know, 2 a.m. trips to the 24-7 Starbucks, just <laughs> yeah. when it was absolutely necessary. Those oh, late yeah. night sprawls, you can bring a few friends, it's a lot of freedom, it's good. Which one was that? Was that the one next to Bird Grant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Wander over there after a late night of studying. <laughs> good times. Yeah. I lived in Parkside, so I never did that. It was too far for me. <laughs> but very understandable. Yeah. All righty. So now that we kind of have a basis of what the meal plans are like, are there multiple options of where people can eat? Or is it just like you have one dining hall that you go to? What What is that uh, thing like? So uh, to start off on that, I think there's three dining halls. Max, correct me when I get something wrong. It's going to happen. So there's three dining halls. There's one that's in the village. McCarthy, that's the newest one, to my understanding, or at least I certainly hope so. And then there's EVK. That's the one that's kind of in the middle of campus, probably the most trafficked, but also the smallest at the same time. And then then there's uh, the one Parkside, obviously, which you guys would know more about than I do, but definitely the biggest one probably has the most wide variety of food, but all of them have their own kind of not themes, but certain recurring dishes that make them stand out from the other ones. I know that uh, McCarthy is always focused on having their their flexitarian options. So they definitely always have a lot of those vegetarian, but like health food options along with uh, a crepe stand that was always fun to get and real ice cream rather than the frozen yogurt machines. I appreciated. Um, EBK has stuff. I didn't get theirs off. Hamburger. Hamburger. It's oh, true. the chicken yeah. tenders there? Those are fire. You can always yeah. add EVK. EVK gets a lot of but I think it's it's not it's not great. It's good comfort food. I, they always have like decent pizza and if you don't like what they have, you can always order mm. a hamburger on the side and it's always pretty good. Um and yeah, like you can also put like some of the sides on the hamburger is what I did. Like mm. they have it's like sometimes they have like like mushrooms, so, like you can put like the mushrooms on your hamburger that you order or like they also have like a sandwich station 
It's like once you order your burger, you can go to their sandwich station and put all that stuff on it too. Um, so that's always a great option. You don't like what they have, which sometimes definitely happens. Um, but yeah, all the dining halls, I guess, they're spread out like in the concentrated places of where all the freshmen live in the dorms. Um, and e- eventually, no what basically the one that's closest to you is going to become your least favorite over time because you just have it so often and there will be very heated arguments about which dining hall is the best which dining hall is the worst and no one will agree um but they all definitely have best dishes and their worst dishes and if you really care about like having the best stuff like you should probably like there's a there's a menu online that's updated daily that you can see what the food is every single day and you can plan out your meals like that yeah i remember like at the end of like my class that ended around like noon or whatever i'd always be on my phone like okay what what has good stuff for lunch today <laughs> i always remember i was always always excited to go eat with you guys at parkside because i just never went down there for any other reason because it's not like i really had classes near there but it would always just have such an unreasonable amount of options and french fries there was always french fries there at that one stand True. which isn't any of the other ones usually yeah also at parkside they always like they have this reuben sandwich that's pretty good but they always yeah. skimp on the thousand island so what i did is i i opened it up and then i went to the salad bar and drenched it in some more thousand island <laughs> oh man you got to take advantage of the salad bar and those like food places on the side to augment your food in the way that you like that was my secret that's true there is a lot of good stuff on the salad bars to be honest underrated yeah those were pretty good no it's also really interesting too how like you kind of mentioned this earlier but you're like home like dining hall i feel like for us especially because we're next to parkside which i think in my opinion is given like best dining hall on campus it's got the most options yeah like i think that's the main reason why but i remember like in the beginning i'm like this is the best dining hall then later on it's like all right i'm gonna skate more to the village like i need something different 100 <laughs> percent. yes happy to make the full like mile jaunt over actually no it's yeah, only like half a mile isn't it i feel like it was like eight minute skateboard ride so whatever that converts to in quick. actual yeah. distance <laughs> yeah no, that's cool and then was did you guys have any favorite food night at any of the dining halls? Was there a particular one that stands out that you remember? This is a long time ago. Yeah, this was been uh there was there was a good thing there was French fry day at McCarthy. They just had different types of French fries. That was all they offered. That was everything there. It was waffle fries, curly fries, like normal French fries. It was absolute madness it was not at all a real meal but it was also the best day ever the first time it happened and then you could just go and actually like go to the salad bowl or somewhere else for a real meal but it was definitely exciting if if you like real food um and not french friday uh <laughs> i think that i love potatoes i want in my opinion the, the best night was always like the pasta night at parkside like oh, that was pretty good because they they would mm. like like these sauces like they would they would make the pasta like fresh and then like sauce it up right there and like they they have this bar at parkside that sometimes has like fresh tomato stuff like the fresh pasta they also have um like the pokey bar that's pretty good it's not mm. exactly pokey 
Like they kind of skimp because of the dining hall, but like for dining hall food, it's pretty fire. Um, and what are other things, Stephen? Do you remember other ones at the Parkside made? I feel like there? one of the best ones was like they did a bunch of variations of Mexican food, but I think yeah. when they did just tacos. Those always were like really good. Oh, those were really the burrito good. bowl day was pretty good too. Yeah, True. burrito bowl. Depending on what solid. options they had. Yeah, but for the burrito bowl, you have to always ask to remove the tortilla at the bottom. Get soggy. It gets so soggy and it like t- facing your bowl and you by mistake eat it and it's just really sad. <laughs> you don't like soggy tortillas, Max? No, soggy tortillas are gross. You're just not sorry. eating your food fast enough. I'm your sorry for here. all the soggy tortilla fans in the audience, but uh, you're not eating that, fast enough. The key was just to eat fast enough that the tortilla never got soggy. Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon you i have a video on my phone i think of of matt klaus like one shotting an ice cream like an entire ice cream (laughs) putting the entire thing with the ice cream high in the air in his mouth why, why do you have to? Why do you have to do this to me? <laughs> why do you have to expose me like this? That definitely does exist, and it's definitely not the only time I've done it. But yeah, yeah, you, you were talking about eating your food fast. I just wanted to confirm and show that you're, you're not fibbing here. Oh man, no, that ice cream was fire though. That was like the best because there's so many days where it's like 90 out or 80 out, and it's like it's got the key was not to cream. use the cones; it was to get a cup and then put all your toppings in, so you could actually okay. enjoy it. The bowl. Not the move. The cup is hey, way that, better. Yeah, no, that, that was, was you. That was you. That was you. That was your influence. I'll give yeah. It to you. So basically, what Matthew's talking about is that so there's an ice cream machine at Parkside, and they have an ice cream. Um, but next to the ice cream, there's the drink fountain. Um, so basically, your options could be either to get a the I guess the classical options either to get a bowl. Fill it with ice cream, topping it, cone, and you fill your ice cream, and then topping that. Or the the best innovation is you go to the drink fountain, you get a cup, and then basically make a McFlurry in there and fill it with all the vanilla ice cream, dump all over it and mix it up. And that is the perfect amount of ice cream with the perfect amount of toppings. And it's very enjoyable that way. Yeah. I think that was like the best dining hall innovation. I remember I remember when we discovered that trick and that was very good. <laughs> Although I must say I still preferred the the real ice cream rather than the machine ice cream at uh, McCarthy. That was always good. They always had so much variety. There was sorbets, mint chocolate chip was there, Rocky Road. It was great. Yeah. And then I guess the last thing about dining halls, was there a favorite aspect that you had about it? Just the entire experience of like having 
just instant food whenever you want? Oh, I lived there. I lived in my dining hall. <laughs> I, I did my homework there. I spent whenever I wanted to go see people, I went down there. It's where I met like half my friends. Whenever I went down, I was almost guaranteed to find someone to hang out with in the dining hall more than like, it's much more effective than like going to lounges or texting your friends. You can just walk down and eat food all the time. Is it 10 o'clock at night? Yes. Am I going to go anywhere for the last half hour that they're open? Yes, I am. No, that was definitely the best part was just seeing people. The main function of the dining hall is to make friends and like to be able to go uh, like to the dining hall with all your friends and eat there every single day and kind of have that common place where you guys can go together. Um, and in that way, I think it really was valuable because every single time you want to eat, everyone can same place for quote unquote free after you guys pay for it at the beginning of the semester. Um, and always just have a really good and quick place to eat. Um, and it, it definitely was really nice to have that freedom of time, I guess, not having to spend a lot of like time and effort making your food. But making your food is very fun, which is something that we definitely will get into later. Um, but uh, at that time, like being a freshman, the dining hall definitely has its perks uh, and it, it's definitely really valuable. Definitely does. I remember, I mean, specifically with Steven, I mean, there's always there's people that you can see at specific times. You just end up being on the same schedule as them. I know because we didn't see each other too terribly often being in different dorms, but like there was yeah. one specific day of the week. I remember that I would always walk in and then we would have lunch together just because we happened to be there almost every time that same week. So yeah, no, I, I remember so. that. You'd always yeah. be walking around with your water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> being able to just have water machines was also an amazing part of the dining hall experience. I, It's cold water at the ready all the time, as many cups as you want. So I take advantage of it. I'm oh, not going to apologize for that. <laughs> yeah i guess that's fair honestly now that i have the, the annoying britas man those things exactly it's a huge pain. so often it's it's mm -hmm. terrible <laughs> so don't mock me for drinking seven glasses of water with each meal something else about the dining hall that is kind of fortunate is that it's very easy to get freshman 15 with the dining hall oh yeah. because there's literally infinite food at your disposal and it's very difficult to stop yourself so you I think something that's really important that I did is like you have to just on rules at the beginning of the semester about the dining hall, maybe like a week or two in. And I was just like, OK, like I'll eat what I want, but like I'm not going to drink any soda. Like I cut that out of my diet. Like I'm only having one ice cream per day and you just really got to stick to that. OK, Matt knows that I might be lying about that, but I tried to stick to one ice cream per day that might have gone to one ice cream per meal later in the semester. But, you know, it's OK. Um, but you just you really have to stick to it or you might go a little overboard um because it's definitely overwhelming um and there's just like a pretty good food at your disposal which is uh can be detrimental at times <laughs> yeah it can be tough especially just because like i said i spent all my time in there i've definitely had dinner like at least three times a night at certain points because i would be leaving and then i would go back up to hang out with other friends and they'd be like okay so we're gonna go get dinner i'd be like Okay, yeah, sure. I just came from dinner, but yeah, right back into it once again. Might as well. When you're procrastinating homework, I mean, food just sounds like a great idea every time. Very true. So, yeah, it can be hard to limit yourself. Oh, man. All right. So, I think that kind of summarizes our, our dining hall experience. And now I kind of want to move into just 
eating out uh, between both the USC and general Los Angeles area. Um, and I guess like, let's just start out with USC and what's around USC is like, do you have to drive everywhere to get food or is there actual places that you can just like walk to or bike to that's con- nice and convenient? So I don't have a car, but I eat it at the food around here all the time. I, there's, I have definitely some favorite places depending on what you want. There's a fair amount of variety. There's all the fast food you could ever want right on fig, which, you know, has its ups and downs of whether or not you want that and whether or not it's 2 a.m. It's the only thing open and it just happens to be where you're, where you end up. But there's definitely some good places for breakfast, lunch. I, I love Bird's Nest Cafe. They have a really good breakfast if you want to go for brunch sometimes. I'm pretty sure I've taken both of you there at different points. It's You have it. You got to take me. I've, I've never, never taken you. Oh, damn. Cafe. It's like right across the street from the bar, but we'll have to go. It's fantastic. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I found some place recently that's a 23rd Street Cafe. Apparently lots of cafes. I didn't realize that. Uh, that's Indian Mexican Fusion. That's been my favorite place recently. It's fantastic. Max, I haven't shown this to you yet. They have chicken tiki masala breakfast burritos. And I have, I'm going to tell you right now that it is an explosion of flavor. And you're, you're looking skeptical at this moment. It will prove all of your doubts wrong. It's so good. I hope you do. I really hope you do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that the places around USC, like, it's a little tricky because I'm used to, I guess, like West LA, downtown LA, where it just pop in, like every block is like another banger. Um, but USC, in my opinion, like besides, like, I think in the village, you have like Honeybird, which is really good, and Cobunga, which is pretty good, I'd say. Um, they're, so expensive. they're expensive and it's just, it's, it's not ideal. Um, but a short way away, um, you have a lot of really good places around. Like there's this there's this place called uh, Mercado de las Palomas, and in there they have two really good places that are actually related, owned by the same people, called Holbox and Chichen Itza. Um, Holbox is like is like a it's a Mexican seafood place. It was on like the Jonathan Gold 101 like three years in a row, and uh, it was also paired with Chichen Itza, and they've been written up a lot in a lot of different places and I've, I've been a bunch of times it's really really good um and chichen itza is more of like the classic mexican um i guess plates uh, they have like rice and beans with like really good sides or i guess really good mains um and and those are that's a really good option but like t- uh taco places surrounding usc not there's also taco zone which is a known favorite among USC. Um, but other places like taco stands, like taco culture in LA is really cool. Um, and like USC is in a really good position, I guess, uh, like geographically to get a lot of places. So nearby, like a short driving distance, I'd say like five or seven minutes is Tire Shop Talk, which is a really well-known place. Um, it's like a stand, probably like seven minutes south. If you want to go a little further, like 12 minutes south, there's Teddy's Red Tacos. Um, oh, good. <laughs> one of the best taco places in L.A., in my opinion. You know they um, have one in Venice, too? I didn't yeah, they have one in Venice. It. They also have Echo Park, and they have, like, Highland Park. It's kind of wild. They've expanded so fast. Yeah, because it started with the food truck, right? And then Yeah, like... it started with the one that we went to in South L.A., um, and that place is just unreal. But place that i definitely have to mention is la, la pupusa urban eatery 
which is um, right next to the 10 freeway. If you just go straight north, um, it's like almost in thrift range, not quite, but it's probably like five minutes drive. Um, and they have really good pupusas. This like takeout deal. I don't know if they have it anymore with COVID, but you used to be able to get, I think it was 10 pupusas for $22 and they're massive. It's like two pupusas is definitely a meal for someone. So like you could split that among everyone and like that'd be a $4 per person. Unbelievably good meal. Um, Cause that place is so good. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a good amount of options, but like, unfortunately a lot of like the really good ones are just a little bit uh, out of range. So if like you're willing to do a short Uber or Lyft, definitely go to a lot of really good places. There's yeah. some gems you can find in walking distance too. I'll yeah, certainly like, happy with it. Tie by trio is really solid. I go there all the time. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the Chinese one? Northern, oh, Northern. yeah, Northern Cafe. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, Northern is fire. pretty solid. Yeah, mm-hmm. or beef rolls are just fantastic. Juicy pork buns, so good. Yeah, Love and that. then. I think the other cool thing too is we're like really conveniently located next to the metro. I don't remember what line it's called, but it just runs from Santa Monica to downtown. The Expo line. Expo, Expo line, line. You're right. Yeah. We are on the blue line too, though, right? That's the one that goes downtown. No. That's the Expo line. The blue line is is a different one. It's super confusing. The Expo line is light blue. Oh, um, that's my issue here. The blue line is dark blue, and that line goes to Long Beach. Uh, well, if you ask someone where the blue line is, you might get the wrong direction. No, you go. It's unfortunate. But yeah, if, if we're talking about places to eat around LA, there's like, if you take the blue line, you can go so many, so many places. Like, you can go directly into downtown or you can go like straight west. Um, and there's so many places in Santa Monica. And there's also this place called Sautel, um, where like a lot of people at USC talk about Little Tokyo. I mean, like, oh, Little Tokyo this, Little Tokyo that. But in my opinion, like, Sawtell is the real Little Tokyo of L.A. Um, that's where actually, like, all the authentic Japanese places are and where a lot of the Japanese people live in L.A. Um, and take the metro, like, 15 minutes west. Uh, there's a stop that's, like, a five-minute walk to Sawtell. It's, like, a strip of restaurants, like, two blocks long where – probably like 10 of my favorite restaurants in the entire city are like literally in that two blocks. Um, and it, it's unbelievably good. Yeah, no, that was, that was, so I, that was actually like pretty much my first exposure to like ramen when we went like freshman year and it was like so good. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, that place is unreal. Um, but yeah, if you go the other way East too, like you can go downtown. There's a lot of good taco places, Italian places. Um, I mean, downtown, you can get just about everything. Yeah. Uh, Grand Central Market, all that. 100%. I had, like, the best brats recently. It was in, like, the Arts District in downtown. Definitely got it. Isn't that what I do like the Arts District? Worcestershire Couche or whatever? Yes, yes, that place. You know that's owned by a USC grad? Oh, is it? I don't even know. It had such such great vibes, though, like, just the entire. Yeah, I think they one like Marshall Marshall Major. Oh, that's pretty cool. What did you say, Matt? Is that near that Thai place? There's like a specific Thai shop, I feel like, in the arts district that I've heard about before. It's called, oh, like, yeah. Pie uh, hole. Whole pie hole, yeah. 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 It's pretty good. 
I haven't been in like 10 years, but I went 10 years ago and it was good. Ten go. years ago and it's still I like still. two years ago and it was pretty good. Lots of time. Okay, yeah. That place in the arts district is sick because they have that. And then right across the street, they have a taco place that, oh my God, I'm forgetting the name. Um, oh, that's the place I went with you. I've been there with you before. Yeah. Oh my God. It was for someone's birthday. Loki I don't taco. remember what it was called. Loki. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Right across the street from Pie Hole. But then right across the that street was really from good. that is Salt and Straw, which is yeah. really oh. good ice cream. There's a solid little uh, cir- circle you can do there and yeah. get some good food. That's a, that's a great circle there. Have, have yeah. you guys tried the Lucky Charms flavor? It was so good. I've not. I haven't been to Salt and Straw in a minute. Yeah, no, it's like they take the the grains from Lucky Charms cereal, like mash it up and like use that as the base of the ice cream. And then they mix in all the marshmallows from the bag into that ice cream. And it's literally just like a Lucky Charms, like That's wild. ice cream. Yeah, I know. It's really good. <laughs> See, I don't like Lucky Charms. So. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I used, to, I used to order the almond brittle and the avocado chocolate, and they literally just removed both of them. <laughs> that, was, that was so sad. So, so unfortunate. Yeah. The tragedy. But- yeah that was very sad but it's all good yeah all right and kind of closing out our like eating out phase um are there any new restaurants you'd recommend to try in la i'd actually be very happy to hear this as well (laughs) um new restaurants it's not necessarily new but like what's the next restaurant to try what what are you going to go to next um i'm one restaurant that i've really been wanting to try recently is called holy this new Thai place in downtown. Um, I heard about it online. And then coincidentally, my mom told me about it too. Um, and then another place is called Courage Bagels. That's also popping online as well. Um, and I'm actually going to be going this Saturday to go try it. Um, and But one time I, I randomly drove past it. I didn't know what it was. And the line was so massive. And then my mom literally a day later sent me a picture like an article talking about this restaurant and it happened to be the exact restaurant i drove by the day before and like i commented on the size of the line so i'm, I'm gonna be going this saturday to try that out um but there's always just like an unbelievable amount of new places you can try in la which is something that's super nice like you will never run out of options uh even if you try which i do but uh <laughs> it's it's really good yeah, I know. I think I think my favorite part is like I come from Orange County and it's like Orange County, we just have like a ton of chains and chain restaurants. It's like L.A. I have not eaten at a chain restaurant like my entire time here. They're all like one off, really cool individual restaurants. I think uh, Max has got me fully covered on this one. I'm never I don't have my finger on the pulse as well as he does. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, I guess something else that I wanted to try recently was like Sai Kai Ramen. I think I'll be going there soon. That's in, uh, um, but like I, I, I keep track of like a lot of the places I like. I have a huge list um, and it's like separated by like area. And also like when I see a new place that I want to try, I put it on just so I don't forget. Um, and so I, I try to like keep up with the places like that. Um, but there's like I think that one of the coolest parts of LA is like going to the um, like last night I went to this place called La Civiteria, um, which is just a 
some seafood restaurant on Pico Boulevard in the middle of like K Town. And like you would probably pass it very unassumingly every single day. But it's what like probably my favorite seafood restaurant in Los Angeles. Um and stuff stuff like that or like another kind of like that Belizean fish market. Literally just a random Belizean family that opens up like a fish market, fries their own fish, like and it's like very well renowned, like well known, um, and like pl- I think places like that is really what make shine, not like the fancy places. Like um, I-, I don't know, want to call anyone any places out, but like I think th- that that is more like the authentic LA experience and getting those like one off like random hole in the wall restaurants is something that I'm personally passionate about. It's super cool to explore. Uh, you should start like a, a restaurant review blog so I could follow it I and know. figure out where to eat. <laughs> yeah, I probably should. But, yeah, it, I, I kind of like it, it's kind of fun to keep it secret, though, honestly. That's true. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of selfish of me, but I think it's fun. Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. All righty. All right, so now I kind of want to move on to our last phase. I think this is going to be my personal favorite. And this is our experience cooking on our own after leaving home and kind of how that's been. <laughs> um, so I just want to start it off. How hard was it to start cooking? I know for me personally, I um, I remember like before sophomore year, since me and uh, Max were living in an off-campus apartment, it was like I was like learning how to like, cut things with like a sharp knife and stuff like that and then it, it transformed but i guess let's start off with your guys's experiences with that so let's go from uh starter to, let's go from expert to starter so let's start with max and then i'll go in the middle and we can get to steven i think that's probably the best way to go <laughs> all right oh, we're starting with me i, feel like I think that's end. probably all right that's understandable it. we can start with me uh yeah I, I think that my cooking experience is very uh unique unless you really want to start cooking for yourself, like expert, not expert, but like high level things. Um, so I, when I was a freshman, I got really frustrated with the dining halls because I couldn't cook for myself because I really enjoy cooking. Um, it's a really good way to make food for cheap. Um, and like, if you really like want to explore that side of yourself, like you can make really quality dishes for like relatively quickly and relatively cheaply um my i just like kind of look up a lot of guides on youtube mostly um and go on like food blogs just to see like new recipes things that i would enjoy cooking um but i guess starting like in sophomore year when i moved out of the dorms um it 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 definitely was a little difficult at the beginning because i I didn't really have a big pantry (laughs) and I really wanted to cook a lot of different things um, because I I really like exploring 
uh, food and cooking a lot of different kinds of meals. Uh, but I kept finding that I didn't have the stuff I wanted. Um, and the thing that's really annoying that now that I've accumulated a lot of pantry items um, junior year is that every single time I move every six months, I have to move my entire pantry, which is an absolute pain in the ass um, because it's like literally 10 bucks, like pans, appliances, sauces, spices. So like, if that's not like something you're passionate about, it's probably not worth it to get into cooking. Like when you're a student, because it's just really difficult to move everything around purely because of that. Um, but it's easy to make a lot of different like types of food and like easy things. Uh, if you have the right recipes, um, like just for example, I was talking to Steven right before we started about, um, I've been making a lot of chilaquiles recently and for Ralph's and like, you just get the, they have these like these restaurant style, freshly made chips, tortilla chips. Um, and you, you can't use the um, Tostitos one cause they get super soggy and absorb all the liquid. But if you get the restaurant style ones and you get like big, like green salsa in the morning, like if you just heat up the salsa, put the chips in, um, and then you fry a couple eggs and put that on top. That's already like a really good and fast meal. Literally takes three minutes, zero effort. Um, but I personally like to spice it up with a little bit of cotija cheese, which I crumble on top of that. And then I also, every couple months, I make a bunch of pickled red onions that I just have in the fridge for, for months. And th that also like gives a really good punch to like any dish. And it's like, it's probably like 30 minutes of prep on one room. But it can give like something that you just take out of a jar randomly, and it, it's really nice to put on random foods like every once in a while. So, and then beyond the people that aren't, firstly for me, I wasn't, I hadn't cooked that much coming into college. I mean, I cooked with my family. I helped cut things up. I think I had I had an idea of how to, you know, put all the pans together, put some oil in it, saute something, I guess, chop up an onion. But that's about where I was at coming into it. Certainly not ready to be making full dishes, but it's definitely been a lot of fun, uh, in my opinion, getting to learn how to cook. There's a bunch of simple things that I make for myself. You know, it's easy to make some type of pasta sauce dish with a meat sauce, just kind of throw it all together in a pan, boil some pasta, and it's gonna it's gonna taste good one way or the other, as long as you just do something very basic. You can bake chicken. There's a lot of very easy ways to get by for very cheap that uh, definitely don't take a lot of not a lot of barrier to entry on those meals but also one of my favorite things has been cooking with friends uh here like i know sophomore year um every sunday i had a friend that we would all there would be about three or four of us that would go over and me and him we would just try and find a recipe each week and neither of us knew really how to cook we had no idea what we were doing for the most part but we'd find a recipe we didn't have most of the pans that we needed to make it happen we usually had to sub in a few ingredients depending on what was available in the store but Hey, you know, it was a, definitely a very good time and it usually came out pretty well. So as long as you just have like a group of people that are willing to eat, um, some people that are willing to fail a few times and a good attitude about it, you can definitely make just about anything that you want. It's also a lot of fun. One of my favorite things we did was uh, we tried to copy the law school salmon bowls. That was a lot of fun. Just trying to figure out exactly what they used. We did a few iterations of that, trying to go to different stores and figure out what certain ingredients they had used for it. A few other things. It, it can yeah. definitely be a lot of fun and it's definitely a good way to 
make friends and talk to people. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the making doing cooking with friends and cooking with people is something that's I think a really good activity that you can do. Um, just straight up. But something else like in terms of cooking that I think is super helpful is like marinating. I think that can think ahead and plan ahead and marinate things. Um, that's definitely a way that you can minimize effort while maximizing the flavor of your dishes. So like if you just think like what you're going to have tomorrow night and then the night before put like some sort of chicken in a bag with some sort of soy sauce marinade or yogurt marinade um, the next night when you come around to it, like it'll only be like a 20 minute effort process, but what you can make can be really, really good because it's been sitting in the fridge for an entire day. So I think that like something that I've been doing a lot this year is marinades because that that has been like a very low effort, high flavor dish. And I think also speaking on that, like that's been been what I have been trying to do recently. Um, and I like I keep the recipes that I like in an app called Whisk and that like keeps keeps all my recipes together that I like because I really like I don't have too much time most days to be going like all out like a three hour, two hour marathon. Of, um, but if I can spend like 30 minutes to an hour, like whipping up something that is restaurant quality, like I will probably do that most days. Um, and obviously not every dish can be restaurant quality in 30 minutes to an hour. Finding those recipes that can and saving them and knowing what they are is really important for like whenever you want to make something good but don't have a lot of time or like you want to just get something quick done but you also don't feel like having frozen food um so i guess keeping track of your recipes like that i think has been really important for me too yeah no i actually like bought a recipe book to store all my favorite recipes in and oh well, i think the coolest part too is like when you kind of start getting these ones that you're like I really like making this like for me one of the things I really like making is chicken marsala now and like now it's like I have a really optimized process of making it so instead of it taking like an hour and a half or two hours the first time I tried it it takes like 45 minutes or something which is pretty good for something that tastes better than in my opinion than what I get at restaurants um and then also just trying new things. Like I, I recently made like risotto and it, it came out really good. But I think I think the coolest part is working your way up to like these higher quality meals. Cause I remember when I first started, most of my things were extremely simple. Like I'd buy chicken breast and then I'd use that to make, I would just make the chicken breast. And then I'm not, the next day I'll do tacos where i would make chicken breasts cut it up and put in our tortilla and that was those are like i'm like ah a new meal today hey, that works <laughs> it worked so yeah. uh, and it kind of just got me started and then as you develop kind of like a palette for cooking i guess it just slowly improves my ability to make vegetables actually taste good improve significantly for me and now i'm like most vegetables taste good to me when i cook them because I, I can do it proper, I guess. So I think, I think that's kind of been my favorite experience with cooking. Yeah. Like speaking of what, something that Steven just said, like becoming a grandma who can just look at what you're putting in the pot and not measure it easier than you think. 
um, like once once you make a dish like five times, like most of the time you should be able to kind of just estimate things and it'll come out either pretty close or exactly like a place said before and not measuring things actually saves so time. Like when I'm making a mac and cheese, like I love making this one mac and cheese recipe with like cheddar gruyere and like a bunch of different spices. Um, but like now that I've made it a bunch of times, I know like the amounts that should to it. And you can kind of just estimate, taste it, try again. Like once you know what it tastes like, you can taste your food and then like uh, augment it based on what you know it should be like. Um, and it saves so much time, like not measuring like that cup of cream, that cup, like how much cheese should I be putting in versus pasta? Like you can just see that uh, after you've made a certain recipe a bunch of times. And it, it just it saves so 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 much time like probably double the speed um and used to that like it becomes a lot easier over time for sure yeah and i I think too another good thing is like when you find recipes online like you will have to measure it the first time around or first couple times but if you like really just follow it to a t it always tastes good like i i've i'll try a new recipe and like there will be a time where i'll like under portion something and then it comes messed up but if as long as you get your portions right i feel like it'll always come out pretty good if you just find something online that you're like this sounds like a good idea like i was like i want to make chicken euros found a recipe and like made it and it tasted really good yeah. so i think that's like a cool thing about kind of wanting to experiment more with what you're making yeah no yeah i think a lot of people a lot of people like don't follow the rest or like substitute a bunch of things and say like that they didn't like the recipe after but most of the time like if you if you really try to strictly follow the recipe like and i guess get up your cooking knowledge as well it'll come out pretty good but a lot of the times like that what's difficult is the timing like if if a recipe says like oh brown your onions or like make them translucent that'll take about four minutes like when i was a freshman i'd be like okay set the timer for four minutes and then the onions will be done but like in reality now that i've had that experience like i know that it's not four minutes because everyone's stovetop is different right so it's more like you really got to get that feel of like knowing like okay, this is when the onions are translucent this is when i should be progressing and it might minutes it might be six minutes it might be seven minutes but that at that level like is when we should transfer uh, and that just takes experience um so if it if it gets a little weird at the beginning it's not really a big deal but with experience cooking you'll you'll your recipes will get better regardless of what it is you're cooking because all the cooking is kind of related in the end um, and just having that experience definitely helps all your recipes every single time. Yeah. It's kind of funny how you mentioned that. Cause I'm just thinking like when I cook at my apartment, which is where I cook the most versus like, even when I cook at home, I like know my apartment. I know like if I use this burner and this pan, mm-hmm. it'll take about this long to heat up to the temperature I want. And then I can put whatever I'm cooking in and then start cooking it and I'll, like, I'll just feel it out, but I know around, like, how long it'll take. And then when I go back home and I use, like, different equipment, it's like, 
man, this is taking forever. It's like, this is way too fast. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting how much your like equipment like affects your cooking time and the way it cooks. Um, and I guess kind of the, the last note that I think it'd be cool is, is there anything up next that you're, you're going to be cooking? Is there something you're cooking tonight in the next couple of nights that you're looking forward to? Um, I don't have a plan for tonight per se, um, but I've been getting into Indian food recently. Um, I bought myself a molcajete. I know it's not Indian, it's Mexican, uh, but I can grind all my spices in there. And I went to like a, an Indian market uh, and I bought like all the whole spices that are necessary to make all those meals. Um, and I kind of just bit the bullet and just went for it. Um, and it's been really fun uh, to be able to like make basically chicken tikka masala close to restaurant quality korma, uh, chicken tikka um, and things like that. And it's been really fun to get into that kind of stuff. Um, but also I've been doing stuff like pot roast, really easy to just kind of get that on the burner, get it in, uh, leave it for four hours and you're by the time for dinner, it's done. Um, but I'm always looking for new recipes. Um, and I've, I've been doing a lot of Indian cooking recently, which has been really good. Uh, definitely different than what I'm used to. Uh, but it's been nice to explore that side of cooking that I've really never experienced. Yeah, for me, I think uh, the thing I'm going to be cooking pretty soon, I've been trying to, uh, I'm going to get a Dutch oven for the first time, so I'll actually buy a cooking implement for the first time at college, you know, something that I might actually have to invest in a bit. But I want to make um, a nice pasole, get some chicken neck bones, you know, properly actually put in the stew, let them cook for a long time, get all the hominy and beans together, top of cilantro. I'm excited to try it. My grandmother used to make it all the time, and but... Hopefully I can see if I can get it anywhere near as good as that. You got to be careful. You don't, yeah. Often. yeah, that's true. You can crack the enamel really easy. Well, um, that's why you use low heat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm not a monster, Max. Come now. I am. <laughs> Fair enough. All righty. Well, it was great talking to you guys and learning more about everything food around usc whether it's at the dining halls around la or cooking at home um i hope you guys had a good time and thanks for coming yeah it was great thank you steven thanks steven awesome and thanks again steven for this episode i think it's uh fun to have kind of a, a different episode that's not so focused on you know academics or research or something like that but this is totally a big part of the usc experience i think because LA, of course, has amazing food. And also just because um, I think our social lives can be so tied to cooking with one another, eating with one another in the dining hall, um, going to restaurants. So I think it's I think it's an important thing to highlight. Yeah, I know, for sure. Yeah, no, that, I, that's actually like a lot about like what we found fun about this entire podcast is like the social experience that went along with it. That's great. Audrey, you're about to leave LA. Yeah. What are you going to miss food-wise about LA? Like, where's the places you're going to hit up before you go? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, gosh. I am. I love food, and I feel like I've really uh, taken advantage of that in LA. Um, I still have a few more months here because my lease is here over the summer. But honestly, I'm kind of focused on trying some new things right now. Um, I have some 
favorites that I rely on. This this one's actually new this year, but Detroit is a little taqueria in the arts district. That Detroit? Is yeah, Detroit. D-I-T-R-O-I-T. I really like that. And then okay. there's a couple taco places around USC that I love um, that I want to make sure I'm going to. I'm trying a new taco. <laughs> I love tacos. A new taco pop-up on a Saturday. Um that I'm super excited for. I've been really into pop-ups lately that I think COVID kind of opened the door for a lot of chefs to not necessarily have a restaurant space, but um, still uh, share their delicious food. So yeah, on my list, gosh, you know, I really feel like I have checked the boxes for myself on like restaurants. I have, want you, have, you, have you been to Gorilla Tacos in the Arts District? I, ha- I have been there. I like it. I'm a fan. I haven't been in a while, but it's delicious. Yeah. And um, Steven, how about you? What's your what's your go-to? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of big on like, each time I go out to dinner, I like to go to a new place. Um, but I think the my favorites have been like, there's like the strip of restaurants in Sawtell. And like, I really like Killer Noodle, Marugame Udon. There's a couple of locations, but those, I, I don't think there's a better like place for that price. Yeah. Like it, I, it's. It's like a nine dollar ramenesque meal, which is really awesome. cheap for that type of stuff. So. I like Stephen awesome. on those too. I love margami udon and killer noodle. They're amazing. On Sotel. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, oh. So there was a margami udon um, downtown, uh, but I think it's closed right now because of COVID. But the one on Sotel is open. Awesome. So, Good stuff. Pro, pro tip to all of the people. Coming to USC next year, LA is an amazing food city and there's so much delicious food. So go get it. <laughs> Have you guys done Galagetza yet? I actually haven't been there. That Oaxacan? is my list. Yeah. Yeah. Oaxacan food, mole. Uh, it mole. is insane. Just whatever you do, which I think is a good sign of a, of a, of a food restaurant. Don't prepare, prepare not to do anything in those clothes afterward, <laughs> right? Because you're going to smell of everything that you just ate. Uh, it is, it is an aroma that you carry with you, but it is so good. What place is this? Gelagetza. I'll send you, we'll, we'll talk about it offline <laughs> at the end, but Oaxacan food is basically in Koreatown, um, basically uh-huh, right, okay. right near St. Sophia's. And then obviously Greek food near St. Now I'm on this trend of like where everything is geographically, but St. <laughs> Sophia's off Normandy. The Greek okay, uh, yeah. Orthodox Church up there uh, is Papa Christos for Greek food. Yeah. Okay, I've seen that. that place and I was like, I wanted to try it. I just, I, I didn't know. Go right now. Like, yeah, it is fantastic. <laughs> it's also a good deal. It's also a good deal. But that's all, all within like a couple blocks of each other, those two places. All right. Well, I, we could talk about this all day, but let's get out of the way because we've been going the whole time. Thanks so much, Stephen. Great job. And for all of you out there, we'll see you next time. <laughs>